Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kosh Cast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Yellow. And frowning already. And Bernie is here. Hello. And he looks delighted, as you can imagine. How are you, lads? Good weekend of football. Mohanad, you played football this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, we're in, what, early to mid-November now. It's supposed to be really cold. And we got this really warm week in Toronto. It was like 17 degrees. So, you know, took the opportunity to just kick about outdoors a little bit since you can't do anything indoors anyways. Um, that was great to kind of get back to it. And <laughs> I've been hurting ever since. It's been two days and I'm aching. <laughs> Were the fans allowed uh, to watch? No, it was, uh, you just got the stadium's noise in the background. <laughs> uh, no, not even wives and girlfriends. No. No. Fair enough. Uh, did you stretch? You never stretch. I, I did actually stretch. I, I, I dread to imagine what it would have been like without stretching. Okay, good. Very good. He's, he's getting wiser in his old age. I like <laughs> it. Uh, Bernie, um, your weekend of football was uh, more, more laid back, I would imagine. Yep. It was uh, watching and not playing. The most physical exercise I got was walking around furniture stores trying to buy a couch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate. I am very sorry to hear that as an awful experience. Very yeah. good stretch. I, I should have. <laughs> my, my back was killing me. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, you probably stretched your patience. <laughs> oh, mate. Our couch is good, but I'm going along with it. I'm just going along with, with what I'm, I'm being told right now. You know. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. Alex, how uh, was your No one gets to ask you because you're always hosting. How was your That's true. Uh, it was it was good. It was um, I, I caught a couple of games, but we were in um, we were out in the countryside to visit uh, my sister in law and her very cute nieces. Our oh, very cute nieces, her daughters, uh, one of whom turned three and was very excited about it. So you know, nice. very very cute all round. Um, but what wasn't cute was Liverpool against Manchester City. My God, was that not cute? That wasn't anything. What like these are the best two teams this league has to offer. This league is shit right now. Like <laughs> I think I think this all but confirmed that. Like the first half actually wasn't bad. I thought there was some decent action. Although Liverpool seemed rusty. It felt like Liverpool could have won this game in the first half, but attacks kept breaking down right at the final uh in the final third. And then City got uh I, well, it was a penalty to start with. Then City got an equalizer through either a brilliant piece of skill or luck, which we'll debate for 20 years, Alex said on Twitter, and guy with Jesus. <laughs> and then there was a penalty, I yep. think, to the City that De Bruyne missed. And I'll let Mohamed, you know, discuss that. But first half was kind of interesting. And second half was just, ugh. Mohamed, w- would you argue that had De Bruyne treated the penalty as a cross, he would have scored? That's what I tweeted, bro. Is it? I literally tweeted. Uh, I yeah. didn't see that. I, I, I literally said, why wouldn't he just whip it into the bottom left corner? <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely didn't Honestly, see that. That's amazing. Bro, every time the Brody got the ball on the right, my blood boiled. All he would do is look up and just whip it. I just, it's so unimaginative. It's so... I, anyways, you know me and the Brody now, we've got our agenda going. And I was... So happy when he missed because he missed. You know, people say he missed by yard or whatever. That's a mile. Like for a penalty, that is a mile. He missed by so much, and I could not believe what had happened when I saw it. Um, you know, Salah showed him how it was done in the uh, in his first penalty. And I, you know, talking about the Salah penalty, 
it's actually really cool of Ederson to have kind of waited in the middle because it shows that he did his homework because Salah for a while now has been shooting it down the center. So I like the fact that finally someone did their homework, even though Salah won the mind games and actually, you know, went for a corner knowing that Ederson would have studied his penalties. So I like that little kind of, I guess, you know, back and forth. It just felt like there was a lot behind that moment. Um, and that's Salah's 14th penalty in a row for Liverpool to score, which is a very good record. It is, especially for a left-footed player. Like left, this is somewhat anecdotal, although I think I do think the stats back it up. But left-footed players have a harder time scoring penalties. I'm not sure what it is, whether it's the angle or what have you. But um, he's incredibly consistent. But you, you touched on a point, which is that I'm. It's always surprised me that goalkeepers don't stand in the middle more, because so many players just smack it down the middle now. Like you, you have as good a chance, if not better. Of standing, uh, of saving the penalty by doing that than diving one way or the other. Yeah, I think I think we we, we need. Remember, in, was it World Cup twenty? What was the last World Cup that David James was in goal for England? Oh boy, whichever probably one 20, that was, two thousand six, probably. Whichever one that was, apparently, like I think it was Capello, right? They had said that they were practicing, oh. not guessing. Like they were practicing, just staying in one place, waiting for the guy to shoot. It didn't work at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Obviously, maybe that's why they stopped. <laughs> I also think I don't know. And again, like Alex said, this is not based on any stats. But I, I feel watching penalties over the years that in the past it used to be all about the placement, weak penalties placed in the corner. Now players have that technique where they whip it in so hard you cannot wait anymore. Like in the past, it was nicely, slowly put in the corner. Now it's just these. You know that technique where they come in and they whip it bottom left like they're shooting? It's it's actually much harder to save a penalty if it's on target now because players just have much better technique when it comes to penalties. Not if you're Adam Ola Lookman. But oh, yeah. That's the oh, most he's going to get ever mentioned on this podcast today, probably. <laughs> but he's upset. <laughs> As a, a player he once claimed and now has disowned. <laughs> um, all right. One thing I do want to mention about City, though, is that, you know, over the last couple of years, their defending has been a problem. But with Diaz and Laporte now as as the the fit and starting back centre back pairing, they do actually look far more solid. And Cancelo seems to have nailed his his spot down at left back, which is an improvement on Mendy and Zinchenko and all that. Yeah, no, I I like it. I like I actually I agree with you. There's no disagreements. Although you know Mendy is still trash, and uh, <laughs> thank God for that. We got to get to watch competence. Uh, Cancelo cutting in onto his right side is still better. I think there was a cross for oh. Jesus with the header, and Jesus put it wide. I kind of understand why, because of the way he was running at goal. So it, it's not like a hopeless he, miss. He was still uh, far forward of the front post at that point. Yeah. yeah. It was a beautiful ball, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. And then the thing with City, though, is that, you know, they fixed their defense. Now, somehow their attack is not clicking. I think Sterling, I think is like, I don't know where down the list is. He's their top, you know, goal scorer and assist of the season, but he's somewhere like, you know, in the 20s, uh, leading the, you know, in the league standings. Like, it's just, they're not doing very well at all. And Maris was, I think, injured for this game, so he wasn't even on the bench. So you end up with, you know, Jesus, Ferran Torres, and Sterling. And it's a bit unimaginative. I know we'll talk about Jesus's goal and it was brilliant, but at the end of the day, you know, we were thinking if everyone's fit and you get the Sterling Aguero Mares, that's potentially yeah. a good front three. I know Aguero's a little, you know, over the hill, but 
they need these three to be fit and playing with, with you know, the De Bruyne and maybe Bernardo Silva behind them. But right now, Torres is a good player and he's doing his thing. But again, to win the league or to win the big Champions League games, I don't think this is going to do it for City this season. I, I would agree with that. And I'd also throw in the central midfield there because, like, let's say, assuming De Bruyne is your 10 or your, well, you know, your more attacking of the three, the other two are Rodri and Gundogan. Now, Bernardo Silva, I'm not sure what's happened to him. I think there have been fitness issues and they're working him back in or whatever. He can play as one of the number eights. And Foden can as well. But you're still looking at Rodri and Gundogan as like your two senior central midfielders. And Pep goes with them as a double pivot for a lot of the bigger games. And like, they're not good enough really either. Can I, can I say Rodri to me has been a disappointment since he came in? I'm, no, I'm not a fan of anything I've seen of him. Um, and Bernardo Silva, since last season, he doesn't he's underwhelmed, really. I don't know how many seasons he's been here now. Is this the third, or I don't remember? Third sounds about saying, right. But his first season when he first came in, we were, we were like, wow, okay, that's the David Silva replacement. That, that's the dude. Last year, didn't really care. This season so far, whatever. Like, it just feels like he's petering out, and some of the guys they bought around that time have just not really done anything but the team has racked up a lot of points it's very strange to me I, I think when you look I think when you look at that midfield and if you're trying to replace Fernandinho and you're looking at Atleti I think you go for Partey over Rodri I know Rodri is the more potentially technical guy but if you're trying to replace Fernandinho man for man I think you go more Partey than Rodri especially if you have you know other players especially at that time you still had Silva and Potentially Bernardo Silva and you know David Silva, Bernardo Silva, maybe for you know, I just feel like they, they miss a little bit of what Fernandino brings with Partey in that athletic midfield is a bit closer to him than what Rodri was. So I just feel it was maybe a case of just missing the right buy there from Atleti for them. Yeah, or, or they also had the option of not buying from Atleti like that, but they, they could have done that too. It's as if he really thought that the way to replace Fernandino is to actually get the Busquets replacement that he's always wanted. And I just thought, isn't this a different league? Like, you know, do what worked. Like, it, it wasn't broken, so don't fix it. So go for, like Mohanan said, Partey to me is a bit more of a Fernandinho type, though I don't want to just, like, you know, label him that, but he can do that a bit more. I, I, I just don't understand this thing where he just had to have the Busquets type of person. Just he had to have it. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, too, that you could see Fernandinho and Rodri working really well as a double pivot, like a, a fit, maybe slightly younger Fernandinho and Rodri, like the kind of the passer and the tackler kind of kind of combination. But like an, an old Fernandinho on his own is, isn't good enough anymore. And I, you know, Rodri just looks lost in the middle there. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Liverpool formation, a couple of points. And I was thinking about this. I want to see if you guys agree with me. I was actually talking to a Liverpool fan, and we were talking about how so Thiago, um, not Thiago, the new guy they bought. Wow, I just Alcantara. Yes, Thiago Alcantara, very good player, one of the best midfielders in the world, unbelievable buy. Injured, never, okay, and he's never fit. Yeah, and they played Henderson and Wijnaldum, right? And Fabinho was an option, and he was also not fit. Okay. My thing is, I was, I was talking to this fan and saying, the Premier League is just a very different beast. If I'm looking at this game against City, I think a fit Thiago Alcantara still doesn't make the starting eleven, Not because of who he is, just because of the demands of the game against the top teams in England. I feel you still go Henderson for Fabinho, you still go Henderson Wijnaldum because 
of that power. Yes, maybe Thiago plays as a number 10. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his proper position is in that double pivot in the bottom two. I still think the Premier League just does not allow you to go cute in midfield. You know what I mean? I feel a fit Thiago would still maybe not have been chosen for this game. And I wanted to see what you guys thought about that. I, I take your point. But what I would also say is that, like, this wasn't a typical Liverpool formation. So they played Firmino as the 10 in, in more of a 4-2-3-1, and, and Jota rightly, deservedly got in the starting 11. But Liverpool's standard formation is, is a straighter 4-3-3 with three central midfielders. And so if you're looking at this game and you're not planning to, to play Firmino and Jota because Jota's suddenly in form and you want to play Firmino as well, then like you just put Henderson, Wijnaldum and Thiago and Thiago is protected by having the other two there. Yeah, I, I think he might have played mainly because I think a lot of people underestimate his ability to cover the pitch onto tackle. Um, in that Champions League final, I think he made the most interceptions and the most tackles or something like that. He is a very physical player when he needs to be. I think it depends what Klopp wants him to do. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. Yeah, so as Bernie mentioned, another part of the formation change was the whole Diogo Jota playing. We thought maybe Firmino would be replaced, but they both played together. And I think the, I would say the injuries came into play a little bit. No Thiago, no Fabinho. You know, they didn't really have, if I'm thinking about it, a third option to go in there. So it kind of was forced a little bit on Klopp. But I don't think it worked very well. Firmino subbed off in the 60th minute. Um, yeah, I don't think that Diogo Jota really worked that well in that position with Firmino, both of them. It was a bit... I don't think they all knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, that, that's fair. Right? Like Jota seems to be best coming in from the left, and he was playing on the right. And this, it's not to say he can't do it, but clearly he hasn't played there very much. It did look a little bit like a 4-4-2 at times, eh? Like Salah, Firmino up top, and then you had Mani left and Jota right. The um the the app I use Forza Football had it as a four two two two. I'm like, come on, guys! Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what that looks like? Just straight up. I'm like, no, <laughs> like it's not. I've been watching be. too much Nagelsmann over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. You want to talk quickly, Gabriel Jesus's goal because I think it's worth pointing out. It was a brilliant goal. I think the best part about it was not the back like thing, which is debatable. It was the fact that he went for the final ball with his left foot. Because if he had taken another step with his right, that was gone. It was the fact that he thought very quickly to go with his left and Topo Karin made that goal for me. I thought it was very good, that that part of it. While I appreciate your, your eye for technical detail, my favorite thing about the goal was your tweet that, uh, well, I'll let you. No, it's okay. <laughs> he, uh, he sent Trent back to Snapchatting with pregnant girlfriends. Oh, oh. <laughs> Well, people kept saying, like, he said, he sent Trent for a hot dog. And he said, I was like, come on, guys, it's right there. Do better. <laughs> Speaking of pregnant girlfriends, Wambasaka won his case against the, the girl who posted his pictures. Uh, he and lost he his case had, against Bernard, though. And he had the baby. <laughs> wow. You are not the father. <laughs> you know what they're going to call the baby? Here we go. Tubasaka? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about United then. Why not? Uh, I was going to talk about Arsenal, but sure. I, I guess no, no, I guess there's a segue here, so might as well keep it positive. Sure. So tell oh. us, Bernie, how you feel about beating the uh, near league leaders three-one away from home? Um, to be honest, I, I didn't even feel like watching the game. <laughs> like I, I was just like, screw it. Like I'm upset. I don't want to watch it. But it was a good game. It was a good performance. Uh, solid. 
The goal we gave away was nonsense, though, from Lindelof just losing a header again. But other than that, it was a solid performance. And, like, it was professional, as, as they say. There's, there's nothing else, you know, not too great, not too shit. It's just good. Oh, you know, man, I... <laughs> yeah, really. What? <laughs> Sometimes I may be good. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I thought it was a bit better than that. Only in as much as you've been waiting this season, you haven't seen the Bruno from last season that tore the league up. And he was kind of back here. Like, this is far more of him than we've seen so far this season. A couple of assists, one goal, like the little ball into Cavani at the end, the way he held on and drove right to take the, to take the space away and give Cavani the room to... It was just like, he was, he was brilliant and he ran the game. Um, the, the funny thing about the Everton goal was that it was such a mismatch because Bernard is like two foot two, right? And one of Wan-Bissaka's legs is bigger than the whole of Bernard. And so Wan-Bissaka like, <laughs> goes to block the shot, but his legs are just too long and the shot just goes underneath it. It was like the only thing that, that could possibly happen in that instance <laughs> was what happened. <laughs> yeah, but Bruno was Bruno was unreal this game, for sure. I mean, he just ran it, man. Like <laughs> like they say, you know, when, when all his job is on the line, this United team turns into 99, you know? Yep. It's just... Unreal what they do. I mean, what to put it in context, why Bernie was saying he was upset is because midweek he lost against a Turkish team we've never heard of. <laughs> in, in Literally, after, after beating Leipzig and PSGs, like, come on, man! Like, seriously, you could have wrapped up the group. Um, but yes, I think Bruno Fernandes did step up big time. Um, also, shout out to Paul Pogba. Had a great eight minutes at the end there. Uh, Amio, yeah, great. he was featured on the track. In in actual shout outs. Luke Shaw was brilliant, and I don't say that often, but he's got assists in back-to-back games. He was just brilliant, and Fred was back to the Fred before Arsenal, <laughs> which was brilliant. In I noticed that, that Fred looked good, yeah. I, I expected Alan and Dokore to run the midfield, but pretty much Fred on his own stopped Everton coming through the middle. It was it was a very it was a good performance. I was how's was uh, how's Marshall's season so far? I heard uh, it's not going very well. Uh, he hasn't had a shot at all what? this whole season. He hasn't had a shot. Um, but I, I will say this. The, when watching Match of the Day, which is the only time I watch Match of the Day this season, <laughs> they pointed out something which was his hold-up play. It brought everyone into play. It sucked Everton in and allowed Bruno space to operate. You need that in this team. Otherwise, you're not going to create chances to score any goals. So hopefully he gets more goals, but functionally, he's making the team work when he's on. Especially against Leipzig, he did the exact same thing. PSG, the exact same thing. Our best performances are Martial holding up play. Uh, why did Shaw come off uh, for Twinsaby? Was he injury? Injured? Yep. He's, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, hamstring. Uh, so he just had a, his best game and now he's... And now Tellez is out of COVID FC. So, well, there you go. Look, Shaw is starting to look good. Now he's going to pile on the pounds for three weeks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do but eat, baby. Yeah, but everything has started to go off the boil a little bit. Um, even with Hamas's return, he didn't look good for a couple of games now. And in general, they did not look good. Alan is looking a little bit, you know, not the same Alan that we saw the first couple of games. See, I mean, everybody really is not the same that we've seen a couple of games season. And also, it doesn't help that Richardson's Rich out, which, you know, is a big miss for them for sure. And then, <laughs> did you ever see Tosun come on? My, oh, man. Not play football. Nope. Well, this, this is my point. Like, Moise Keen is on loan at PSG and he's like banging in the goals. And then they've got Cenk Tosin on the bench. 
just tossing him on. As much as I thank you, Alex, for that wonderful joke. Uh, as much as I want to shit on Everton for Moise Kane, but like it's the Farmers League, as we so know. So I don't know how to judge his performances. But Alan is looking like the player that you know when people go, why didn't any other club go for him? It's starting to look like this is why. Well, the Spurs fans are using this as vindication of why Hoiberg was a better buy than Alan because apparently Alan they were they were um, rumored to be in for him and and every time Alan has a shit game, all the Spurs fans are my <laughs> talk about is just about how Hoiberg was still the best option. So, um, but yeah, no, again, great great win for United, bouncing back from uh, that loss to Arsenal last week. That was one 0 loss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was a 1-0 loss at Old Trafford. It was very, very shameful. Speaking, speaking of 1-0 losses. Nope. Speaking of 3-0 losses <laughs> at home, because we talked about Arsenal. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was 4-0. VAR didn't, didn't shock out that goal. They scored four goals. Four yeah, I really really have no idea what was wrong with the, <laughs> wrong with the and first without, one. Without goal line technology, they would have called Grealish's goal, and that would have been five. My <laughs> God. That's true. Um, remember, remember when we said last week that like Arteta's whatever he does seems to be very well suited to big games, and we still need to see him be able to master the small ones. There you go. Not that Villa are a small team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you know, they they like, showed we, us how they showed us how got, Yeah, they, they, we got absolutely torn apart. Like Villa were great, but we were really bad. What, what do you guys think was the problem? Because like how I get it. Like you play against small teams, you get beaten, whatever's happened to us many a time this season. But like that was a mismatch of epic proportions. It made no sense. What well, the happened? problem was the problem is that you have a very defensive midfield and Partey and Elmeni against Villa at home. Then you don't have a number 10 because you're still playing with the back versus the weak teams. Um, so no number 10, no creativity from midfield. Two very deep-lying midfielders that do not want to venture anywhere near the opposition half or box. Um, Then you have two players in your front three that, my God, honestly, just William and Lacazette, they might... Like, we are playing with nine men. Like, it's... In attack, we're playing with nine. It really is like that. And it's not even an exaggeration. They have zero creativity, zero kind of... Any bereft of any ideas to make things happen... It, and as a result, Aubameyang is shafted out wide. He's literally, this game is Aubameyang crossing the ball into Lacazette and William. Like, I, you know, I, I couldn't. I just couldn't watch it, man. It was <laughs> And I don't know what Arteta is going to do about it because he hasn't changed that. We haven't had a goal from open play in like six and a half hours or something, man. Like we've In the second half, the stats are we've had the least shots in the second half of any team in all English competition, not just the Premier League. All the way down to the conference? All the way down. <laughs> To like Sunderland, okay. So nice. this is huge. this is not a little blip. This is happening all season now, and he needs to figure it out because we do not play. You know, you play the top six twelve times. You play everybody else, God knows, twenty something, thirty something times, right? Even more, mm-hmm. thirty-two times two. There you go. That's how much you play. So it just doesn't make any sense. Like we need to get better against these little teams, and it's yeah, it's just not good enough. I don't know what he's gonna do about it. I, I don't have much to add to that beyond like I would like us to stop playing with a back five. I, and I've said this for a while. Like it is just not it's not my favorite system. I don't believe generally that it's a system that that suits the team with the better personnel. Like if you're the team that plans to have most of the ball, 
and dominate games and control possession and what have you, then you should probably be having, you know, three, nominally three central midfielders. And Arsenal never do. And so, you know, they come up against Barkley, Douglas Luiz and John McGinn and they just absolutely ran over Arsenal in central midfield. And they absolutely controlled the game. And they were brilliant. And Grealish, yeah. Grealish was unreal. Like, mm -hmm. Grealish was so good. Sorry, go ahead, Bernie. No, I was just going to say, just to, just on that midfield point, you're right. You were honestly overrun. Uh, Grealish was unstoppable, unbelievable. There was no answer for him whatsoever. He, to me, pay the 70 million. I don't even care who pays it. Like, at this <laughs> point, like, I just want to see him, like, you know, in the Champions League type of thing. Like, he's that, he's that good to me. But in the midfield, it's like, I, there are two things that, that bother me. One is, you know, we shit on Ozil all the time. But sure, you guys have been saying creativity is needed. It's needed. But the team knew, or the directors knew, someone at Arsenal knew that Ozil was not going to play this season. Mm -hmm. And they had to do something about that. And I specifically told you, Willian, shit, don't do this. And they did it anyway. That was a big mistake, not filling this position that you already knew you were going to have to fill. And the second is, mate, like, this... You guys think that your manager playing park the bus football is gonna is gonna do it? All, like for to what end? He's got to be able to change it up, and he's not been able to do it. It's yeah, gonna be an interesting season, and the manager's got to fix up. And I'm just saying, watch what happens from here on in. Let's see what happens. Defensive but, football from this is not good enough. Not acceptable. It's just not. You also, I mean, the thing is, we at least were boring, but defensively solid. And this game would have ended, you know, nil nil or one one or something. To concede three goals with two other pretty much well and numerous other chances. It was just Arteta keeps talking about players playing because they deserve to play. Like Kazet does not deserve to be in this lineup. William doesn't deserve to be in this lineup. So why are they playing? Like it just doesn't make any sense. Also, this is why we were chasing OR in the summer. Because we, you know, people there was in the summer there were so many Partey versus OR and which is more important. And of course, when you have Shaka and Elneny in midfield, you know, Partey looks phenomenal in comparison. But, you know, the talks are surfacing again. Did you need more of a number 10 slash a winger slash OR? And that was more important for Arsenal? Well, you know, it's starting to show a little bit that that is the case, that we, we don't have that box to box that can, you know, do those runs into the, like Ramsey did, or a pure number 10 that can, you know, create chances. I don't think it's that hard either for Arteta. It's not... You know, it's not rocket science. You play Saka, Obama, and Pepe up top, and you at least get something. Pepe. Well, yeah, because if it's Pepe or William, you play Pepe. It just it is what it is. Because at least we'll have ten good minutes and create something, and a shit eighty minutes, as opposed to William who has a shit ninety minutes. I don't know which which agenda I want to go with first, <laughs> <laughs> because this is like an agenda heaven, like. Do I turn on Pepe or do I turn on William here? Oh my God, this is amazing. I mean, one of them. Arsenal bought for 75 million and are paying presumably 100 something a week. And the other one, Arsenal signed for free, but are paying, you know, like 250 <laughs> grand a week. It's a joke. Honestly, it's a bit of a joke. Also, what's annoying is that, like, there's Reese Nelson, and we're still not sure if he's any good because he never gets any game time, uh, even though the two guys in front of him are being horrendous. And there's also Smith Rowe, who I don't know how well known he is outside of the Arsenal fan base, but. He's like 20 now. He was really good when he was 18 and the club has just kind of dicked him around for the last two years in terms of playing time. He's a fantastic attacking midfielder. So but, there are there are other options and, and we're not looking at them. Well, Willick, Willick as well for that midfielder that, you know, that ball 
But see, you know, these youngsters are playing really good Europa League games and they're not even getting on the bench. Willick wasn't even on the bench. He was man of the match last game. Like, I don't understand how that works in our Arteta philosophy of at least getting the chance you deserve because of your performances. Can, can I ask, what is Martinelli back from injury? No, he's if he to be top of the table thing. Oh. <laughs> he, may, he may be training. I'm not sure if he's... Yeah, he's training. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, not well, too much time, so let's look at the top two. Uh, Leicester, uh, still top of the league. 1-0 victory over Wolves, which is not necessarily an easy thing to do. Another Jamie Vardy goal. Mohamed, uh, did you keep him in your fantasy team? Nope, I did not, because he had a really stinker like of three weeks or whatever, so I took him out. Classic. Yeah. Classic, Mohamed. Um, but Leicester, Leicester are getting the job done. I mean, they did this last season too, right? They started off absolutely brilliantly. I don't think they were ever top last season. Hold! Hold! <laughs> Don't Go on. get excited. Don't get excited. I'm going to put the Braveheart theme right here. Don't get excited. <laughs> Bro, can we talk about Wesley Fofana? Hey, seriously or just Fofana? Seriously. Seriously. Because he has been unbelievable. How old is he? Like 19. Yeah. 19 years old from Saint-Étienne. You know, let me not get into the whole Saliba thing. because I was wanting you to get into the Saliba thing. Saliba's supposed to be even better than him. But this Fafana dude is not putting... A fo- you know, he's got his ears, his radar ears. Yeah. He can hear everything that happens around him. <laughs> but yeah. he's unreal. He's not... You know, for God's sake, Christian Fuchs is back, man. Like, he's playing phenomenal football. Where is this stuff? You know, I, I don't know. And I think Nampalese just went up the Mendy ranking. <laughs> he's yeah. killing it. He's the number one Mendy right now. Yeah. Norm, Norm is what we call him. (laughs) Big, big Norm Mendy. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Actually, you're you're mentioning Christian Fuchs is a good one because that is a feature of like all these teams playing three at the back. It allows the like slightly too old, slightly not good enough players to just have a little bit part role. Like Fuchs can't play left back anymore for Leicester, but he can play left center back (laughs) in a three, you know, because he's only got 20 yards to cover. But he's been I, killing it, man. My honest belief is if you even hear of a rumor of Leicester going for someone, just buy the guy. Like, yeah. don't even... I remember when Get French Football News or whatever was talking about Fofana and Leicester, I'm like, yo, who needs a centre-back? I do. <laughs> Sign that dude. <laughs> like, they know what they're doing. They really Bro, know. Bro, even, even James Justin, he's slowly turning into a player. Yeah. Uh, it's just like... And he sounds like an accountant, like... Dennis, Dennis Pratt is playing great. Even Harvey Barnes is starting to have good games. Like, like, are you serious? Who are these people and where are they getting them from? <laughs> it won't no, they, last. They though. really have... Sorry, Sorry No, you, you go ahead. I was just saying, they, re- they really have killed it on the recruitment side. And, yeah. and you know, largely the, their opposition wolves have too. They've got Brian Aitnuri at left back. He's 19 and scored his first goal the other week. And he looks really good. Um, and mostly Wolves, as we know, just signed little Portuguese players. But, you know, they're doing well, too. They're not looking as good as last season. Though. No, they're not. Well, they lost their best player, to be fair. Who? Shorter. Jota was on the bench half the time last season. It was really <sighs> confused me. I didn't understand why. Like, so I didn't Which think is another reason, another reason why when Liverpool go get a player, you also get that guy. They've been killing it. Recently. Except what Liverpool oh, yeah. do, except for Thiago, yeah. is... You hear a rumor, and the next day they sign him. It's like, what? <laughs> they don't waste any time. Except no. Minamino. No. <laughs> no, 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 that, that was free. I was like, oh, no, it wasn't free. It was like $7 million. It was like, yeah, yeah. just sod it. We'll give it yeah. a go. 
Hashtag marketing. Uh, exactly. Tottenham Hotspur. Getting it done ugly. Very ugly. Yeah. Uh, new Tottenham way. Like Harry Kane. Harry Kane scored. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's very interesting. Like they, they were playing swashbuckling football and smashing teams three, four, five, six. Um, not to mention who it was that they put six past. But um, and then the three three with West Ham happened, and they've just been like, nope, tighten it back up. One nil wins for the rest of time, lads. Yo, Mourinho doesn't celebrate goals anymore. No. When Tottenham score, he runs to the substitute and calls in the defenders. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, mate, enjoy the moment. You got a couple of minutes before the play restarts. He's like, no. Nope. Well, like everybody's celebrating in a heat pile, he's calling the defenders that are warming up behind the goal. That's but, because they keep scoring in the last three minutes. He's done yeah. this with every club he's been on. It's like, yeah, we're attacking, we're playing well. One setback. All right, guys, we're gonna do this my way now. <laughs> I'd like to say, I'd like to say that I haven't seen this game, but because of the agenda, and Dumbele got substituted in the 64th minute. So I'm just saying it's back on. He, <laughs> no, he he was. He, he was uh, he was pretty good, and then he got studded in the foot. So he got right. But off. but you know, to Mo's point, I am convinced that we this season will not end without an Ndombele Mourinho bust up. It, it it's it's categorically impossible. He's, he's got Delhi now. He's got a new. A f- no, Delhi's going to go on loan in January, and then it's going to be a void. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you're right. He always needs someone, and this season it's Delhi. Yeah, it seems to be. It's a guy that he thinks is unreal at football. It's never a guy that he thinks is shit. It's always like, I'm doing this to protect you, to make you better. It's like, no, more. it doesn't always work at Delhi. You can tell he's so soft. Well, well, that, that's, that's a good point because you remember like one of the only actually interesting snippets from that All or Nothing documentary was when Spurs were playing United and he was talking to the Spurs team about Paul Pogba and what Paul Pogba could do. And he was like, this guy is going to come on. He's going to play these balls from here to here. He's got the quality to do this, that, and the other. And he was like, well, why did you lock him in a cupboard and abuse him for two years? And then he like, came on and did, he did exactly what he said. I was like, yeah. either you're a genius or you're a dumbass. I don't know which one it is. It's something like, yeah, but, Gareth Bale had another really bad game as well. Yeah, Bale, Bale wasn't good. I mean, Spurs just weren't good in general. None, none of the players really did that well, apart from the two that have just been incredibly consistent all season. And that's Hoybier, who's who is unreal, and Harry Kane, who just and week Son. after week. Yeah, well, Son. Son wasn't good this weekend, but he right. has been. But Kane is just he's at another level right now. He's yeah. doing everything. Also, the West Brom keeper, you know, that was horrendous. Like, do you think he yeah. should have stayed on this line? Well, bro, he could have done either come through and punch the ball. Yeah line and just grab it but to put yourself in no man's land like that like you might as well have just sat out i have a question that do you think that keepers are afraid to just like clatter people in the in that they think they're going to give away a penalty they shouldn't be because generally anyone goes near a goalkeeper and it's a foul for the goalkeeper yeah yeah Yeah. but we know we know kane likes to back up like that and you know people get injured so this is true Yeah. But Tottenham are second or By point. third. Second. Second, I think. Yep. Um, this two will not last, but let's see how it goes. Bro, this is a season where we make no predictions. Remember? Anything. No predictions. My, my only prediction is things won't last. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> where they end up, I don't know. But I did well with that one last year, so I'm sticking to it. <laughs> That's fair. All right. There, there were two two four one games, so we want to touch on very quickly. Um, do you okay? So here you you think some teams won't last. Do you think Chelsea will improve their league position because they're smashing teams now? Uh, this is admittedly Sheffield United who have been horrendous this season, but Chelsea just like 
put them to the sword with ease. I think I think three reasons why Chelsea are slowly coming back. Four reasons. Mm-hmm. Mendy in goal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thiago Silva is starting to find his feet. He's showing that he's still a player. Lampard playing Tammy Abraham. The big man. The big man. Him or Giroud need to play most of the time because, or, you know, for now, at least. I know it could work mm-hmm. other for now. You need that dude because we talked about it a million times. And lastly is Ziyech coming into the side. Mm-hmm. Yes. Creator and goal scorer and assist and uh, free kick taker and corner kick taker. And he's mm-hmm. doing what we thought what's his face should be doing. Havertz? Who? Havertz. But he's doing it from the right-hand side. Havertz has failed from central positions and I don't think he played. Did you he say Havertz play. has failed from central positions? Or that's just what I wanted to hear? <laughs> he, wasn't even, he didn't even play this week. <laughs> Like, I honestly thought, I know he has an agenda. I was like, did he say fail from certain positions? Like, what? I didn't mean this game. I meant in general. He's already a shit player. He can't play football. We talked about it. <laughs> wow. um, but no, seriously, those, those, the first three mainly is why Chelsea look much more so. And, well, I mean, you can and and but James at right back is starting to look very solid. Like, there's a lot of things coming together right now. Kurt Zuma is having a great season. Like, it's just coming together. You just need to keep it up. I agree. I, and they've, they've found, they found a, a relatively stable eleven which is Mendy, James, Zuma, Silva, Chilwell, and then Kante and Mount, and then one other person, and then Ziyech, Abraham, Werner. Like, if he, if he can keep this team together, they might st- they'll, they'll put some form together. I, I, I tend to agree. This is not one of those things that I think, you know, hold and it will not last type of nonsense. I think this one will. And it's funny, and it sounds like a joke, but... 50% of that is Mendy. Like, it's it's really, you know, people go, you, what does changing a keeper do? Like, okay, I'll give you, I'll, I raise you Karius and Alisson. Like, it actually does something. And yep. in this case, Mendy is really, really good. And he seems to be organizing as well. Um, he's got that presence about him. Like, this is 50% of it. And their defense is starting to step up as a result. More, more mentioned Thiago Silva, finding his feet as well. It's almost as if, Almost as if the recruitment department actually kind of knows what it's doing, <laughs> and that's interesting to me. So I feel like it does and it doesn't. Like they bought so many players that some of them are going to be good, you know. Like obviously Ziyech, you don't need a, a, a rocket scientist to work that one out. And then Mendy, they left to the last minute, and then they let they let Kepa start the season, and then they were quickly <laughs> like, "Oh, go okay, okay, okay." okay well. <laughs> Kepa just had to be good for like three games and he would have continued being shit for the rest of the season if you wanted to, but he just couldn't even hold the transfer season. <laughs> he ruined it for the rest of us. Wasn't there a game they put in like Kepa over, like it was Caballero and then they put in Kepa again and they let in three. <laughs> it was like, it's actually true, this nonsense. As, as an Arsenal fan though, with all these Chelsea players doing well, I'm very excited because we're bound to get a couple. In 10 years. <laughs> So, you know, I'm looking forward to maybe a right back here or there. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get Azpilicueta. I know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chelsea, you know what? Let's see how the Lampard agenda goes, but he keeps it up. They're looking, they're looking like the, the third team with Liverpool and Tottenham out of the top six up there, I think, for me. Yeah, I mean, they're in fifth right now on 15 points, but there's one win away from, from top, so they're right there. If Villa win their game in hand, they're top of the table. Good for them. Good for Emmy Martinez. Very fun. Very fun. Yeah. What was the other 4 1? Because uh, Crystal Palace minutes. smashed Leeds. Oh, they're being found out so badly. Oh, are so they? Sad. What are their results? Like, they seem to be doing okay. They had <laughs> some shitty, I think they had a lot of draws, if I'm not mistaken. And some Alex, they're as bad as Manchester United. 
Hey, hey. Oh, well, in that case, hey, we I have a game in we have a game in hand, mate. We have lose. a game in hand against who? I'm not sure who exactly, but mm. I'm just rolling with it for now because okay. all I've got. <laughs> oh, your next game is against West Brom. That's not the one in hand, though, because everyone else is playing at the same time. Anyway, yeah, Patrick Bamford scored another goal. He's looking fantastic. Yeah, for for a slow player, he's good. And uh, uh, Eberichi Eze, that free kick was gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's, mm. a, he's, a, he's another flair player. Him and Zaha are going to be a lot of fun to watch. They just need to get the results. And I have to say, Hudson has been killing it since takeover Crystal Palace. He just has. Yep. Just, you know, we laughed at him at Liverpool and whatnot and whatever happened. And his first bit at Crystal Palace seemed so boring. But then he slowly got it together and now they're a proper team. Yeah, which is actually, I mean, it's a bit bonkers. When you think about how old the guy is, like it's kind of insane that he's in the dressing room just chatting to these 19, 20, 25 year old like yeah, they could be impressive. his grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just buy some presents. <coughs> yes. I don't know. Anyway, uh Bernie, we know you have to go, so we'll wrap it up here. I, I just want to say before I leave, uh mm. I was the reason I was so quiet is because it was taking me so long to scroll down the FPL rankings to see where Mo Movid 19 was. Um, now that I'm very high up in comparison, so oh, yeah. so now oh, so now we're talking about fantasy finally. Nope, nope, no, we're no, we're done. We're done. I, it's just, okay. just a quick, quick check in. That was all. All right, man. I'm in seventy something. I don't know how because <laughs> you don't have Bamford, Werner, Bruno Fernandez in your team. I will not put Bruno. I was talking to my brother. I was like, oh, who should I take Sterling out for? And I was like, should I put Bruno? He's like, I will not put Bruno on principle. So wow. Okay. Actually, something we should do as a public service is, Mohamed, when you make your changes to your team weekly, we should publish them publicly so that other people can make the best decision based on your wrong ones. Yeah, basically, <laughs> don't, don't do what I do. Yeah. It's funny because you make brilliant and very observant points in here, but when it comes to FPL, it all goes out the window. <laughs> overthinking, mate. Overthinking. <laughs> From someone right, who had Matic and Jaka one year, I know your pain. I, <laughs> I had Jorginho they took him off penalties and- <laughs> <laughs> same same anyway. uh, alright guys another good week and uh, now we've got two weeks of international nonsense so I don't know we might which England England have to forfeit their game did you hear that because Denmark have like a, a travel restriction with the UK if they go there they have to quarantine for 14 days and miss their Premier League game so they're actually going to potentially forfeit their game against Denmark or this I- is great like, I, I fully respect Denmark. They're like, we don't want your COVID shit here. <laughs> Leave us alone. It's good for us too, because I don't care about that at all. And, and we're the, probably the, not going to pod next week. So The Gareth, the Gareth Southgate shine has, has worn off. He's yep. so shit. <laughs> I'd, give it, I'd give it uh, Graham Potter. I can hear the footsteps. So I got to go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care, everyone. Right, bye, guys. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.